You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera and everything in between, if you have a piece of hunting gear or a piece of hunting equipment that needs a battery, Interstate Batteries has got you covered. You can go to a local retail store. Or you can go visit online at interstatebatteries.com. They have thousands of local retail shops all over the U.S., so you can go there as well. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Woo! One, two. This is the Hunting Gear Podcast, and just like the title implies, we cover all things hunting gear and equipment, from discussions with the top manufacturers to product reviews from past hunting experiences. Our goal is to provide you with reliable and unbiased product information in hopes of educating you on new products and assisting in future purchases. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and this episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast starts right now. Three, two, one. All right, here we go again. We're we are the Hunting Gear Podcast, and I'm joined once again by Mr. Bob Polanek. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you, Dan? Oh, I get to go out hunting tonight. I'm I'm pretty jacked about that. I have the this uh, scheduled day that I had planned like a week in advance with my wife. And uh, we were talking about something last week, and she's like, well, if I was you, I'd go hunting. And I'm like, what did you just say? Because <laughs> like, she never says that, right? She never says, right. I think you should go hunting and leave me with three of three wild animals, right? right. No one, she never says that. So she's like, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll go. She's like, but I want you to go shoot a doe so we can get some meat. And I'm just like, even better. Right. Like right. I'm going to go out uh, to a, a farm that's real close to my uh, house and uh, it's actually going to be on a piece of public. And uh, I know exactly where these does kind of come out and hopefully they come out tonight and uh, I get an arrow in one. And then by this time tomorrow, I'll have a uh, I'll have uh, a doe at the at the butcher getting some sticks made up. Nice. Nice. Good luck to you, man. Yeah, I am. Um... I'll be out in a tree tonight as well and tomorrow night. Kind of uh, uh, hesitant on tomorrow night, not weather-wise, but I leave. Uh, it's Wednesday today. I leave Friday after work to go to Nebraska for essentially two and a half weeks. And uh, if, I, if I knock a deer down Thursday night, that's just going to create some uh, packing 
issues. But uh, yeah, um, I'm just trying to get some tags filled in Michigan while it's still bow season, because pretty much after these next two days, uh, by the time I get back from Nebraska, it's going to be uh, gun season here. So, yeah, um, yeah, I was actually at full draw on an eight point over the weekend. And um, he was at 45 yards, and I was trying really hard to just keep that self-control and keep it at 40 or below, you know, 40 yards or, right. or closer. And he was kind of coming in closer, slowly, and I knew he was going to catch my wind sooner than later. And sure enough, wind swirled. He caught my wind, and he ran out of my life. So, but um, Hey, a lot of guys would have just launched it, man, and probably wounded that animal and never found him. Yeah, I know. And that's what I've told myself. I've had some clean misses at long range and it's just kind of like, it's just not, it's just not worth it. It's not, I mean, yeah, it's just not worth it. Yeah. So, uh, what was it? Uh, last week you were, you were gone last week or not? I don't, I don't even remember. Did we have a episode last week? I believe we did. Uh, we went over what gear we used on, I think our, Western trip or yeah. Sleeping bags and packs and tents. Yeah, that's right. Yep. yep. Um, so today we are going to be talking about impulse buys and last minute purchases. And the reason that we are doing that, and I'm just going to kind of jump right into it is because I went into a sporting goods store the other day looking for just some nose jammer. I like to uh, spray nose jammer on my boots before I walk into the timber. And <laughs> I walked out with $200, like over $200 uh, in, my, in my cart. And I'm just like, son of a bitch. It's like an addiction, right? Yeah. If you don't watch out, you could get in trouble. And I'm lucky being in the position that I'm at. I get a lot of uh, gear for discounted price or even free. And so that's good for guys like me. But... Like, but then you walk in and you just kind of you it's like oh yeah well i didn't spend you know $800 on tree stands this year i'm going to spend that money here today like the there's there's like a little devil and an angel on my shoulder one's like spend it all and the other one's like well you could use this for something else for your wife or kids and the other one's like screw your wife and kids buy that whatever you know like i'm just like oh man so impulse buys and this is the this is the worst time of year to do it because you're already jacked about the season you're thinking about all the things you need do you suffer from impulse buys or are you one of those well thought thought out guys oh no i'm i'm an impulse buyer especially this time of year um i i'm headed to, to nebraska like i just said and we have this sneaking suspicion that we're gonna get permission on 600 acres we just have to knock on the guy's door so i went on facebook marketplace typed in hang on and next thing i know i'm driving a half hour after work and buying three sets of climbing sticks and three hang-ons so (laughs) yeah uh yeah and then of course i stop over at the sporting goods store to get screwing steps and was just going to get like one package of six. And next thing I know, I've got three packages. And then I'm like, oh, each tree stand that I don't even know if the tree stands are going to go up or not. But I'm like, each tree stand needs a bow arm. Each tree stand needs uh, a rope. I'm going to want some extra rope just in case because I hate running out of those. 
Um, yeah, hand warmers. Yeah, just again, I, I don't think I spent two hundred bucks. Well, spent two hundred bucks on uh, hang-ons and and climbing sticks, uh, which was actually a really good deal, by the way. But um, yeah, I think I spent like eighty bucks at the sporting goods store picking up ropes and bow arms. And I I don't I've never used face paint. Grab face paint. Just, you know, I just don't know if I'm gonna want it. You know, so that's like a whole different conversation, right there. Face paint. Face paint. Are you a face paint guy? Never. Okay, never. good. Like maybe, maybe lightly once. I I think that I think it has a place, but I'm not. I feel like the guys that use face paint, they take more time putting face paint on than like what a woman takes to like do her makeup. <laughs> Before like prom, you know what I mean? Like, how do they get it so perfect? Yeah. You know, they get everything. It's so symmetrical and perfect across their face. I just, if I'm going to put face paint on, I, I imagine me like smearing my hand in like the little thing of face paint and then just like one big blob all across my face. But no, I don't, I don't ever use face paint. So uh, that's good because I was going to have to look for a, uh, a new co-host, if you admitted to using face paint. Gotcha. That, gotcha. I don't know why that's such a huge pet peeve of mine because it's a mess and like I have a beard, so I'm a man and right. I feel right. like <laughs> that is my face paint. My beard is my face paint. So I'm right uh, there with you. I don't know. I just, it's, it's a pet peeve of mine, especially like what you said, like I know we're completely off topic now, but the people who sit there and they make it perfect. It's like, I have to have this perfect design on my face. And I wonder if there's ever been a hunter out there who has put on face paint, didn't like the way it looked, wiped it all off and then started over again. Oh, gotta be. Oh, man. Has to be. Man. Yeah. I, uh, I don't, uh, I would make fun of that person if I ever found out about it. Now, what if you have face paint on and it's just kind of smeared all over like normal, like just like you don't care. You just put it on and didn't even use like a, a mirror or anything. You just smeared on your yeah. face and you went out. Can I, I still be on the podcast if I do that? Well, maybe I'd have to. Really, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I just think that I just think that there's no place for it. I mean, unless That's... unless I mean, they have handkerchiefs that can go over your face and that way when you get home. You don't look, you know, because typically you're sweating or you're touching your face and all this other stuff. So right. it looks like crap after the hunt is over. And then you have to go home and then you have to wash it all off. Yep. Just to me, it doesn't seem efficient. So anyway, <laughs> right. back back to impulse buys. I will not. I will never impulse buy face paint. Uh, but so I went. To, uh, I went to the store and uh, the other day and I bought one. Two, three, see one, two, three, four, five, six items, and I still have, uh, and I, and then I walked out of the store without even going in, like walking out with what I actually needed, which is more uh, screw and hooks, and uh, uh, and one more bow holder, a screw and bow bow holder, but I uh, had a big, a couple big impulse buys, and I'm gonna kind of run through what I what I purchased the other day. Uh, some of them I think are going to help me and some of them I just, you know, who knows if they are or not. But, uh, all right. So I, I don't know why I can't, my office is so small. I can't really do this all in, 
I have to kind of sit awkward here, but all right. So the first thing on, and this is probably the product I'm the most excited about. It's a product from Arctic Shield, and they are boot insulators. So you put them in your pack or attach them to your pack. You'll walk to your tree stand, you finish getting dressed, and you slide these boot insulators over top of your boot, and then you cinch them mm. down. You cinch them down tight, and they they have a number on the box that says. 90% heat retention. Now, I don't know if any of that is actually accurate, but the first thing that gets cold on me, no matter what, is my feet. And when my feet go, then the rest of my, my body goes. And I feel like this might help. And if it does help, then I think that it's going to allow me to maybe change my mind about all day sits. So... Do you have have you ever used any type of over the boot insulator? No, but I have heard about it. I am extremely intrigued to see how well those work for you because I've heard basically a big contributor to your feet getting cold is the fact that they're just resting on cold metal, right? Right. So that kind of just transfers up into your boot, whether you have insulated boots or not. So I've heard about these like the it's like a borderline like a pillow for your for your feet basically to insulate them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would, I've always thought about it. I've never, never uh, looked them up or purchased them, but I right. so, definitely looking for feedback at some point. So I, I bought them a size big. So not only will they fit over my crispies, but they'll fit over my lacrosse uh, alpha burlies. Um, so when the, I don't know if it's going to make a difference, but when the, uh, when the crispies are in in there, they'll they'll have some room, but it's going to be pretty tight with uh, the lacrosse alpha burlies. So we'll see. I just I got I got to try to figure out something, and I don't really want to go to one of those heated insoles that take batteries, and you got to have a remote from your uh, from your pocket just right. because I feel the amount that I walk that that insulated that uh, that heated sole would really have to take a beating in order to continue to perform for an entire season because for the next roughly three weeks i'm going to be doing a lot of walking climbing uh setting up tree stands standing sitting down you know moving and i just don't see those really working the entire season i see them working for a little bit and then myself getting disappointed have you ever used heated insoles I've not. I've heard mixed reviews on them. Um, I, I I agree with you. I think if you're not walking really far and you're not really building up a, a, a lot of heat in your feet, that'd be a good use for them. But yeah, anytime you're putting on some miles, your feet are getting warm. I mean, I've even gone to the point where if I walk in, you know, a solid three quarters of a mile, I'll uh, I'll pack socks. And then once I get to my tree or get up in my tree, I'll slip my boots off put fresh socks on and then uh, go there, go from there just to get the moisture out. So, right. right. Yeah. I've actually heard of the, the, a lot of guys uh, do that, but they'll sit there with their feet actually out of their sock. So the feet, the feet actually gets dry and cold. Almost the toes get cold. Then they put them back in their socks uh, and it's almost like they're, they're drying out. They're drying out the moisture from right. their feet and, and their socks. You know, sounds like what you're doing. I wonder if that has anything to do with it as well. So, uh, let's see here. 
maybe we'll bounce it back and forth. What was your last impulse buy other than what you talked about? Oh, so uh, when you said uh, the lacrosse alpha burleys, do you run the 800s or the 1600s? I think I just have the 800s. So I was poking around on Amazon and I have a Amazon rewards credit card and I saw that my my reward points were getting up there and I was like and I started looking at the weather for Nebraska the long range and it's it's gonna get cold next week by the way but um yeah I uh I bought some 1600s and uh my 800s are perfectly fine so I got So, so there's that. <laughs> yeah. So now you're going to you're going to have a pair of boots. I think what's going to happen is the alpha the 1600s are going to be just fine and what's going to happen is the 800s won't even get touched anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I figure I'll use maybe I'll use the 800s if like it's going to be in the 50s, but if, if the mornings some of the mornings are supposed to be in the 20s and that's got that's got 1600s written all over it, so it'll be nice and nice and warm. So I hope my feet just are on fire while it's freezing cold out. So that'd be very nice. Yeah. Um, all right. So you, uh, those, and those are like, what, how much did you buy them for? It's like a hundred, it's like 180 bucks. Yeah. Brand new. Yeah. Yeah. But like I use my Amazon reward, so it, it didn't really cost me anything. So just, but, just, you just justified it basically. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, my next one, pretty simple, but, I always am looking for a good stocking cap and we have, and my kids are getting to the age now where the, and it's this time of year where they need to start wearing stocking caps. And um, so there's a giant bucket by our door that has gloves an assortment of gloves and stocking caps in it. So uh, one of my hunting, one of my hunting uh stocking caps made it in there the other day and now my 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 son he's called dibs on it and so now i have i'm I'm down a stocking cap right so i ended up i ended up buying a 14 dollar carhartt it's this really thick i don't even know what it is it's not wool uh it's probably a, a cotton blend with something else in it but it's it it's like a heathered brown kind of look, color i didn't want camo and yep. uh, it's a brand the brand is carhartt and uh so i walked away with a brand new stocking cap looks like it's going to do the job uh most of the time whenever i get cold right i'll cover my head up but i don't i don't really like my ears covered right uh, so what i'll do is if it's really cold i'll cover my ears but if it's just a little cold i have this is one of those fold-up stocking caps, so uh, you know it rolls up on itself just a little bit. Yep. And uh, I'll be able to roll it up just a little bit more and put my uh, stick my ears out. So uh, nothing really special, but I bought a Carhartt stocking cap. Um, what was the next thing for you? Oh, muddy! It makes a. Um... I bought this off the shelf. Muddy makes a, uh, it's a, it's like a backpack holder. It's like a screw and step, but it folds down on itself and, uh, it's very convenient. I'd have to, I'd have to send you a, a photo of it or, or post a photo of it, but, um, I don't know. I already have one. Uh, it works perfectly fine, but going along the lines of if you have 
one, you have none. If you have two, you have one. So I bought another one. So now I have two. So I actually only have one type of deal. <laughs> Stay with the boots. Right. Stay with the boots. Right. So, so yeah, basically my, that, though, is to help you when you're in a tree, you're hanging stuff from yeah. it, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's a, it's a, it, I clip it right onto, uh, like, the, the backpack strap. It's got a little small little, uh, like, carabiner on it. And just every tree that I go into, I just screw it right in, hang my backpack and, um, you know, set up like my filming gear and all that stuff. So I don't know why I don't just put a, um, a screw in step in each tree and just have it permanently there. But yeah. Yeah. That's so, one, that's one thing that, uh, I still have a lot. I still have to go back and buy, I need to buy screw in bow hooks and I need to buy some hot hands. And yep. this, is, this is kind of a transition into the next product that I impulse buy bought yesterday, but the uh, uh, bow, the screw in bow holders, or the not the bow holder, but just the the smaller screw in steps that you hang your your pack on, dude. I don't know what it is, but I can never remember to tear take them out of the tree when I leave. So basically. Uh, on the farms that I hunt and the pieces of property that I have access to, there's just bow hooks all over the place. I've been, <laughs> I, I bet you I've, I have probably close to 30 bow hooks up in a tree throughout this farm, you know, that I've hunted over the years that when I tear down a running gun, I, for some reason, leave the bow hook up there. It's one of two reasons. Oh, I'll be back to this tree or I just plain forget. And right. so it's almost like I'm not trying to sound like a litter bug, but it's almost like a disposable product for me. You screw it in and I just forget about it and I leave it. There. Right. Uh, I, I do need to probably take it down because the, uh, the property got timbered a couple years ago and I would hate to be the guy running the saw and their, their saws are big enough, but you know, you're running a saw and you run into a screw in step that's been overgrown or a tree hook that's been overgrown. That's probably not the best thing. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt that that is the problem with screwing steps. You do have every I'd say at least every two years minimum, like max time is two years. You have to go do some screwing step maintenance where you kind of have to almost take them out and just move them up two inches or whatever. All of them, you know, or, or down two inches, whatever it might be. But yeah, otherwise, you're just going to lose them. And it, it they they do kind of hurt the tree a good bit. Yeah. So especially if you especially if you leave it in. Uh, if you leave it in, uh, let's see here. So hot hands, right. Was, was something like that. The only, the only, uh, the only other thing that, uh, that, that kind of goes with the hot hands is I don't like wearing big bulky gloves when I hunt, especially even, even when it's really cold. And the reason why is I like to feel my trigger on my release when, when I'm hunting. So either I don't wear gloves and I put my hands in my pockets or I, and in my pockets are hot hands or uh, I wear like a pair of mechanics gloves. Right. And so I bought something from a brand called hot shot. Uh, and I don't even know it's, it's called, (laughs) it's called, uh, this is the marketing side of it. It's called the, uh, heat factor three. It's, uh, mm. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if that's necessarily the name of the product, but it's a muff, right? A hand muff. 
I think that's what they're called, right? You sh- it's like you strap it around your waist, and then you put, like, uh, you see the NFL quarterbacks wearing it in cold yep. games. You put yep. your hands in it, and it keeps your hands warm. So I think I'm going to wear a real light glove. Like uh, one of my other impulse pur- purchases yesterday was a pair of Sitka hanger gloves, which is b- basically just an expensive pair of mechanics. Right. Mechanics gloves. So I think I'll wear a really light glove and then I'll put my hot hands in this uh, in this hot shot heat generator muff thing and uh, just ke- kind of keep my hands in there. And then when I need to take them out, I'll take them out. And uh, it's got a little zipper on the front end that I can put my uh, cell phone in and it cost me 20 bucks. So, nice. Uh, and the Sitka gloves that I talked about, that cost me 50 bucks, which is crazy. Yeah. Like, I yeah, don't, I don't that know is. 50 bucks for a pair of work gloves. Um, but whatever, they won. I lost in that in that transaction uh, as far as the – I mean, it's a, it, they're going to be good quality. We know this, right, about Sitka. They're going to be good yep. quality. They're going to last me a long time. But I just spent $50 on a pair of – gloves when I probably could have went and bought a pair of mechanics for, you know, 15 or something like that. Right. So is yeah, it, is what it is. I'm uh, I'm pretty sure that any transaction that goes on with Sika, Sika usually wins that one. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, yeah. I, I envision this guy, like their marketing team and then their, their guy, don't get me wrong. This, they have a great brand. They make great products. They're 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 one of the companies that are actually doing good things for from a conservation standpoint, as opposed to just raking in money, right? These guys, right. They, they're giving back. A lot of other companies can't say that, but I just imagine a, their marketing team, just a bunch of dudes giving high fives. They're, they're giving high fives to each other, It'd be like, "Yeah, we did it, dude, we did it." And, the, and then the CEO's got his arms crossed, and he's like, "Yeah, you're like we got him." <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. but I I envision that I have that same vision about any product that I buy that's over a hundred dollars, right? Like uh, a truck, or you know, some guy at a car dealership, just like sucker, we got him. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I oh, need yeah. I need these things. Or like a gallon of milk. Now that I have three kids, a gallon of milk for four hundred or for four dollars and fifty cents. Like, that's more expensive than gasoline. Yeah, right? it is. I didn't even. I haven't bought a gallon of milk in years. I didn't know it was that expensive. Holy yeah. cow! Yeah, I got three kids. I go through a gallon of milk every day almost. Wow. Yeah. So hand warmers. So right. I uh, I got that muff, and I'm really excited for that one too because I'm all about staying comfortable in the tree stand. Right. And I know it's just more stuff I got to pack in, but I feel like I have room to wiggle now because I am, I don't bring any camera equipment with me anymore. And that's just an awesome feeling that I don't have to bring in, you know, 40 extra pounds of, uh, you know, of gear from the filming standpoint. So I'll just replace it with other things. Now, if it's warm out and I know I don't need to bring some of this stuff, I probably won't, you know, I won't bring it, but, uh, you know, I think I'm going to test some of this stuff out tonight just because it's, uh, you know, I can other than that, what else, what do you got? Any other impulse buy impulse? Buys? Um, I'll go, I'll, I'll say that I was like probably two clicks away from buying the hanger gloves. Um, like yesterday, pretty sure. 
I had those pulled up in the shopping cart on the Sika website, and it's like, no, don't need them. Um, I use the Sika Fanatic gloves, like the, the 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 index and thumb finger are like half fingers, you know. Um, they're actually they're really thin, so which doesn't make any sense to me because if you look at Sika's Fanatic line, you got the Fanatic jacket that's super warm, you got the Fanatic bibs that are probably too warm, and then you have these paper thin gloves. And they slap the name Fanatic on them, and it just doesn't add up to the rest of the product line. It drives me nuts. I wish the gloves were warmer. I get why they're paper thin. You can feel your trigger, all that good stuff. But there is nothing to them. Um, But I do think that bare hands and kind of like a bare face, those kind of are things that can, if you get the sun shining on you at all, those are kind of things that can kind of pop out to a deer. Um, I know especially if you're on the ground like elk hunting, I've always heard that like hands in your face kind of glow compared to the rest of your body that's all camoed out if you're not wearing gloves. So um, I just like to keep them covered. But uh, as far as any impulse buys, um, I can't say. I mean, besides, like I said, like the bow arm and the the ropes and stuff like that, um, nah, I'm pretty much all set. So yeah. And then the last thing I bought, well, I got my laundry detergent. And, uh, the cool thing about, I, I run an Ozonics, right. And their dry wash bag. So the cool thing about using ozone is that I don't wash my clothes as much as I used to. I mean, I used to be a freak about scent control and I was washing my, my clothes once a day. Wow. Once a day. Yeah. I was washing them once a day and typically it was after the evening hunt, uh, and I would go wash them and then I'd hang them out, uh, in a, put them in a tote. And then, you know, that, that way they were sent free. And then I would wear them fresh for the morning hunt. I'd air them out on the clothesline. Then I'd go hunt the afternoon. And then I'm, that was years ago. And then since I started using ozone, basically I stopped washing my clothes maybe once a week or if they got wet or if they got muddy right throughout the hunting season, I'm not washing them. I'm just running them through the, the, um, the dry wash cycle and doing that. But I still like to have all my clothes scent free. So not only am I washing my hunting clothes, I'm also washing the clothes that I wear every day, which is, it doesn't really matter because you're eventually that scent kind of is wears out when you're putting on a pair of jeans or a pair of shirt, but I still like to wash those in uh, scent-free detergent this time of year so i know you know just i guess it's just kind of peace of mind but you know I, I wash them less and then the other thing that i i bought and i think i mentioned this was nose jammer dude i love nose jammer i've seen some crazy sh- some crazy stuff go down uh on no while on my access routes to nose jammer um you know you get to the truck you spray on your boots. I'm to the point now where I'm spraying nose jammer from my knees down. Uh, I spray it on my bow. I spray it on my pack. I'm just, I am, I smell like a vanilla bean walking into, (laughs) walking into the timber. And that is absolutely correct. I feel that you can beat their nose, not, not necessarily beat it, but trick it when they get that whiff of, um, nose jammer 
it's so overwhelming that their brain can't recognize any other sense along with it. And I, that's what the, the product says it does. And I believe it. I've had deer come up to me. Like the, the only problem with nose jammer is that it may spark some curiosity and it gets deer closer that you don't want to shoot. Let's say like a young buck comes through or a group right. of does comes through and they start getting curious and they bring it to your tree stand. Right. I'm only really, I'm only really interested in, in using it at, for my access routes. Right. Right. But then you get to your tree stand and then that's still, it's still on your boots. Right. And it gets them curious and they'll, they'll come and, I have been busted before because a deer has maybe looked up at me in the tree and noticed me there and I moved or something or whatever. And then their nose calms down a bit and then they can, they sniff around a little bit too long. Then they get nervous and split. I've had a couple times where they've busted me and they've blown uh, further down because they've seen me move or, or whatever. But I feel it does really work on their nose, uh, especially during access routes. I, I totally agree. I've, uh, I've used nose jammer. I don't use it every time. It kind of depends on the access route. Um, but yeah, I have had deer go right over my access route and they just don't, they don't really think much of it. Um, definitely like, you know, that they smell it, but opposed to smelling a human odor, they just smell, like you said, they smell that vanilla and then they just don't really think much of it. It's not a threat. You know, it's, it's like not walking, a scent that's a threat. Yeah, it's like walking into a house of somebody who smokes cigarettes and they're cooking they're cooking lunch. The first thing that you smell is the cigarettes. But then after your nose and your brain balances it out, then you can start smelling the whatever they're cooking or you can start smelling other things in the house. It's just yeah. an a potent overwhelming smell. So, I yeah. don't know, I'm a huge fan of that uh that stuff. Um and then, yeah, I think that's it for, for my impulse buys. I mean, in the past, I've had some good days, some good years where my impulse buys have kind of been cut to a minimum. But then at the same time, I've had some years that were worse than this where I spent way over $200 like a week before the season on shit I didn't even, I didn't even need or even use. It just now sits in a on a shelf in my garage where I may use it every once in a while, but, uh, I, like, I don't know. I, I got, tr I got swindled. Oh, I've got, I've got two. Um, I bought the wild, wild game innovations came out with something that's called zero trace. It's, it's like a cheaper, cheap version of the ozone or ozonics rather. You bought, you but ended up buying like, that. I did. I bought the Zero Trace. It's like the Ion Exchange, yeah. Opposed to like the Ozone, um, Ozone deal. I kind of bought it because I heard that if you run Ozonics or or any like Ozone on your uh, some of the Sika clothes, it can, with like with the like elastic suspenders, it like eats the elastic. Yeah. So I wanted to stay away from that. Um, and then here's a, uh, here's a quick fact. Did you know that Ozonics and Sitka, from my understanding, had a meeting about that? And now Sitka is altering some of their uh, their garments to make it so that type of rubber or nylon is not being used in their garments anymore? 
I didn't know that, but that's good to know. Right. I know that I know that Sika's warranty on anything. You you could tell them. You could call them and tell them, hey, I ran Ozonix. It ate through the the rubber on you know the suspenders on whatever pair of bibs or whatever, and they would just they would swap out um, bibs or whatever for you. Yeah. I, I had a couple of buddies have that issue, and they said customer service with Sika was not an issue. So yeah. that's good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. So. What was your uh, what was your thing then? What was your uh, uh, this O's, this ion thing from Wild Game Innovations? It's called Zero Trace. Uh, it's I believe it. I mean, it looks much different than um, in Ozonics, but it's same thing. Straps to the tree. It's got a fan on it. The fan is kind of loud. Can you hear your Ozonics running? No, I mean okay on on certain nights where. It is dead calm. I'm talking dead calm. It sounds right. no different than a grain bin running in the distance. Okay. But so, when I climb, I've climbed down before out of my tree stand. To, let's say I drop something and my Ozonics is running. I couldn't, I couldn't hear it. You know, I couldn't hear it. Then I, I don't hear it when the wind is. It's for me, it's a non-issue. Okay. So that is one big gripe with the the zero trace is that um, the the fan has two settings, either high, which is if it's a five mile an hour wind or less, there's no way you're going to be able to run the thing on high because it's just way too loud. Yeah. And then there's like the the low speed and you can still hear that. It's not as bad. I would imagine no deer is going to be able to hear it 20 feet down from your tree or anything like that. But um, I, I don't know that, you know. I would probably never run the thing on high. So, um, and the reason I did, we'll go with the ion exchange versus the ozone is to kind of protect my gear because I can run that in my, uh, my tote that I store all my camo. And I felt like I could do that with confidence without any damage being done. Yeah. So, uh, not to burst your bubble or anything on that. Cause I, I saw that product too. And I'm burst. not, I'm not a expert on ozone and i'm not an expert on ions but i think the two actually work different like these positive and negative ions that this thing that this zero trace puts out i don't know if it works like ozone does to eliminate any scent like as far as like scent elimination on your clothing no just overall like overall attacking mm -hmm. bacteria and killing it and i don't know if that i think i'm probably wrong here but I think that the – does that ion thing put out a smell? Not no, no. No, it doesn't. Okay. Maybe maybe I'm wrong then. I don't know. I, I'm not 100% sure. Maybe I'll just keep my mouth shut. So uh, it's, supposed, it's supposed to be safe to, like, to breathe. Right. So but it's, it's, I don't think it attacks what you're trying to get rid of like ozone does. Well, I got you. I have no idea. Yeah, I, was, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna follow up on that, and we'll maybe we'll talk about that on another episode. Yeah. I just need to I do some more research. I haven't used it a lot. Um, I will be. I'm going on this hunting trip. I'll be using it probably every day. But um, uh, yeah, so I've only used it a handful of times. I haven't really been in close proximity to deer when I when I was using it. Yeah. Um, so I can't. There's no really honest feedback yet. So. Um, We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I, I definitely want to hear more about how that thing works. Um, just it's definitely. Yeah. Typically when you hear, when you hear the term wild game innovations, put something out, it's going to be 
and I'm not here to discredit the com- the company or the brand, but it's always like a, s- a second tier product, if that makes sense. You know what oh, I mean? What, like their trail 100%. cameras or yep. anything like that just seems, I hear more negative things about it than positive things. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not terribly impressed with it for $200. I'm not going to lie. It's just the way that it mounts to the tree. Uh, yeah, it's just not anything special. Yeah. So. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, but yeah, definitely big, big. That was an expensive impulse buy for sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what else? Anything else on your end as far as impulse buys? Oh, yeah. So last year. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's almost like you're sweating and you're hoping your wife doesn't find out about this podcast. No, she's not. I don't think. No, <laughs> she did listen to one. She just wanted to give me feedback to tell me if I sounded dumb or not. Um, no, I, last year. So uh, first off, I'll say rest in peace to uh, Todd uh, Prignitz. That's how you say his last name. Yep. So I a very unfortunate accident. I cannot imagine what that the heartache that that family went through with uh, what, what happened to him. Um, solid dude, from what I could tell on on a social media presence platform. Um, but yeah, I definitely bought the tree thrasher. You bought the tree thrasher. I bought the tree thrasher. I was going to Iowa for the first time. And I went just, I didn't, I just wanted everything that I could potentially use. I used it maybe twice and was just like, nope, this is not, I can't do this again. I'm just, every deer in the woods has got to just be like, what in the hell is going on over there? Yeah. So yeah, it's just not. Did you try that product in the sight of deer? No, no way, way too scared to do that. Not no. So, dude, so for those of you that don't know what the tree thrasher is, go ahead and look it up. But basically, it's a device where you can rub it on a tree to mimic the sound of a buck rubbing a tree. And then you can also it's got like an accordion style thing in it. And then like inside the accordion, it's it's not a very good description of it, but it basically makes the sound of leaves rustling. Well, you could essentially just go to the grocery store and buy a, not even buy, you just take a plastic bag and just ruffle that together because basically it sounds the same. Yeah. So, yeah. And then it's supposed to, you mim- could pretty it's supposed much rub- to mimic a buck making a scrape and raking a tree. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So, no, that's uh, that's just floating around in the old gear tote that will not be used this year. I, I maybe, maybe I'll use it in the presence of deer just to see what happens on like a throwaway hunt, you know, that I'm just, trying to kill a doe and then they won't come in range or something. But yeah, I don't see me, I don't see, I'm not going to bust it out when I've got a mature buck, you know, a hundred yards away. Right. Uh, I remember one time, uh, one of my buddies as a, as a joke bought me the acorn cruncher. You remember that product? Mm. Mm-mm. Oh my God. I do not. It is a, it is like two bottle caps, like two liter plastic bottle caps that have got slits in them and it's attached and you're supposed to squeeze it together and it is supposed to sound like deer eating acorns right hmm. crunching and the whole this was back you know when when no one did any research on products if if you know 
so-and-so celebrity said it was going to work. People believed it, and it was going to work, right? So you had all these people uh, trying to sell the acorn cruncher, and I remember getting one as a joke. So I'm like, okay, dude, I'm going to go. I'm going to see if it works, right? I felt it was a joke. And I'm sitting uh, in this inside corner uh, next to a cornfield, but under on, in this corner was this big oak tree. A lot of acorns are dropping, and I'd noticed a lot of a deer signs, so I set up there. Sure enough, here comes three does. They're all munching on acorns. I whip this thing out, and I just go, cr- like, crunch, 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 three times. And every doe looked straight up at the tree <laughs> at me, and then they were gone. I mean, like they were shot out of a cannon. They're, so, uh, so now with me and a couple of my friends, the acorn cruncher is a big uh, inside joke. So Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, buddy. Well... Uh, okay, so I feel like we could sit here and talk about your impulse buys forever. Do you have any more? No, I mean, that is bad. Those two, those <laughs> last two are bad. Like, I'm not proud of that. It's more like curiosity. Like, I, I got to know. But, yeah, the thing is, is there's there's plenty of guys that claim they, quote, unquote, thrashed a deer in last year. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Man, I'll I tell know. you what, I've I've seen some crazy stuff go down in the timber, right? Where you are I don't know, you're 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 sitting there and you break a like or a rattling sequence, right? Comes in or uh where I remember one year I sneezed really loud and it was like, you know, there's deer in the area trying to hold it and this like 2-year-old, 3-year-old buck, I sneezed real loud and he came in pissed. Mm-hmm. And gotcha. I was like, you know, so I'm sure there are certain scenarios out there where, you know, a sound or a noise gets distorted moving through the timber and sounds like something it's not. And uh, I don't know. And then people make products to, to mimic right. it. So. Right. I would say so, like the way I kind of looked at that product, the tree thrasher, it's like you look at a grunt tube and I don't know. Say 50% of the time, a grunt tube would potentially get a buck to turn and come back your way. If he's walking, you know, away from you and you got to turn him, right? Hit the grunt tube, half the time it works, say. Uh, I feel like the tree thrasher is more like a 10% type thing, maybe 5%. Uh, So that's kind of just how I evaluated it. And I don't know, those type of odds kind of was just like, I don't need to carry this thing into the tree stand with me. Yeah. So as far as raking a tree, though, I mean, I don't know. You, if you think about elk hunting, you know, bugling and raking trees and stuff like that, it calls them in. I, I'd imagine. And I know I know on the whitetail side, I know I've been moving like my lone wolf midday in my lineman's strap, rubbing on the tree, probably sound like a deer raking a tree. And I've had bucks come in and check me out yeah. middle of the day. So, yeah. That, but like I said, it's a it's, a, it's more of like a 10 percent product, not, you know. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Well, Bob, uh, I think we're done here today. Appreciate your time. And uh, just be careful to all the listeners out there. Be careful with your impulse buys. Maybe you should learn from our mistakes and uh, you know, go in with either a plan or just don't go in at all. Right. And yep. uh, picture us in your head, you know, like two fools sitting out. It's like, oh, Jesus, these guys are so stupid. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully 
our pain allows you to learn something, uh, especially from this podcast. So, uh, Bob, good luck, and good luck to all the listeners out there.